Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Wednesday the 29th of June. Today, the heavyweight king backs his little brother to the tune of $1 million, the Warriors finally get to go home, and a naughty cat cops his punishment. But first... I think this year's Wimbledon might go down as the weirdest tournament in the history of tennis. You got any proof of that? Sure. Firstly, Russian and Belarusian players are banned, and in response to said ban, both the ATP and the WTA stripped the event of world rankings points this year. Not enough. What else you got? Well, what about the fact that former US Open champ Marion Cilic and last year's Wimbledon men's runner-up Matteo Berrettini have both withdrawn at the last minute due to COVID? Well, this just keeps getting weirder. But here's the real cherry on top of this weird tennis cake. Residents of the suburb of Wimbledon, where the All England Club is located, have posted signs asking tournament goers to respect the park areas surrounding the venue by not having barbecues, not littering, and not having sex or drug parties in the woods. Okay, this is too weird. Wimbledon's famous ticket queue often sees fans wait for hours outside the venue, and the locals are apparently fed up with the fans who decide to head off into the surrounding parklands for, let's say, extracurricular activities. Are you talking about having sex? Yes, yes I am. But with the option of sex in the woods and drug parties off the table, the closest tennis fans will be able to get to those sensations is to watch Nick Kyrgios play at Wimbledon. That's what they came to see, moments like that. Kyrgios won his first round matchup against Great Britain wildcard Paul Jubb, but not before the local lad pushed him all the way to five sets. And as we've come to expect in a Kyrgios clash, it was filled with everything. Unbelievable tennis, umpire back chat, and of course, some interaction with the crowd. The crowd was pretty rowdy today. Um, <laughs> a, couple, a couple of people in the cold people in the crowd, um, not shy of criticising me. So that one was for you. Um, you know who you are. Um, but Kyrgios will be joined in the second round by fellow Aussies Jason Kubler, Jordan Thompson, and Alex Demonor, with Alia Tomljanovic, the only Aussie woman making it out of the first round. It was the hit that sparked a conversation about whether or not the AFL should introduce a send-off rule. Goes past the oh, footy, yeah. makes head-high contact, and that is as, that's as clear-cut as yeah. we've seen for a while. And not a good look at all. The Cats star defender Tom Stewart with an uncharacteristic brain fade laying a head-high bump on the Tigers' Dion Prestia that left the midfielder knocked out and unable to take any further part in the game. The Tigers went on to lose by just three points, causing many media pundits, such as Kane Corns on the Sunday footy show, to question if a send-off rule should be explored. For serious incidents like that, and it might only happen once a year, it may not happen once a year, but for hits like Gaff on Brayshaw, Stewart on Prestia, the team can't be rewarded. The opposition lose their best player. Their best player stays on, gets best on ground, wins them the game, and Richmond lose as a result of only that hit. If if that doesn't happen, Richmond win that game of footy. And while Cats coach Brad Scott gave a heartfelt, if somewhat over-the-top character reference for Stewart... He's a scrupulously fair player and just a fantastic, strong character, fundamental to what we do at um, at Geelong. I think when my time's come and gone... I'll look back and say I was, I was honoured to know and to coach Tom Stewart. 
Ultimately, not even his nice guy rep could save Stewart at the tribunal. It is a four-week ban for Tom Stewart. That is what the AFL had wanted. The Cats were asking for three weeks. In their submission, the Cats said that his remorse should be taken into account and the fact he only had 3.9 seconds to make a decision from when Prestia first touched the ball until that initial contact was made. Uh, the tribunal, though, found that he showed a high degree of carelessness and that Prestia was vulnerable, wide open, and that ultimately Stewart elected to bump. Despite the fact he'll be a spectator for the next month, Stewart had concerns only for the well-being of his victim, Prestia, who will miss this weekend due to the game's concussion protocols. My immediate response was Dion's wellness and, and that of his family that had to vi- have had to experience this. So as, as disappointed and disheartened as I am right now, it's, it's still not about me. It's still about Dion's well-being and, and how he is. Thankfully for the Cats, their Tom Stewartless run begins on Saturday night against bottom of the ladder North Melbourne, who they could probably field their Auskick juniors against and still get the win. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. The last time the New Zealand Warriors played at their home ground of Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland was round 24 in 2019. Since then, the team has been forced to play the last two and a half seasons of the NRL based out of Australia after making a great personal sacrifice to relocate to ensure the competition could continue. We owe them a debt of gratitude. But yesterday, after over 1,000 days away from their home fans, the Warriors finally returned home. And the moment wasn't lost on star halfback Sean Jobs. Yeah, it's been a long time, obviously, for a lot of the boys. This part of me was over at that point, you know what I mean? I never thought... I'd be able to walk through Mount Smart again and um, see the faces I bounced and seeing for eight years I was here, you know, and pretty emotional, eh? Like, even driving the path from my house to Mount Smart, I called my dad saying, like, Dad, like, I'm doing it again, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's stuff that people just don't understand. The Warriors were celebrated upon their return. In fact, for some players, including winger Dallin Martini Zalesniak, yesterday was the first time they'd actually attended the club as a Warrior. So this Sunday, when the Warriors host the West Tigers in front of a sold-out crowd, it's going to be a special one. What happens when you take the biggest mouth on the internet and put him in a boxing ring with the baby brother of the heavyweight champion of the world? A million-dollar bet, of course. Would you care to bet a million dollars on that? Jake Paul, the YouTuber-turned-professional boxer, is set to fight the Gypsy King Tyson Fury's younger brother, Tommy, who's also a boxer. And the undefeated heavyweight champ Fury is so confident in his little brother's ability that he was prepared to bet $100,000 on him to defeat the previously unbeaten Paul. But Paul wanted Tyson to dig a little deeper into his eye-watering career prize money. Hey Tyson, you you made $40 million. I know it wasn't as much as me. But let's up the ante. Let's bet a million on it, Tyson. And of course, Tyson was only too happy to oblige. You want a bigger bet, motherfucker? You want a million dollars? Let's do it. Fury questioned whether Paul had enough actual money to make the bet or whether it was all tied up in Bitcoin. But Paul claims the million dollars from each man will be put into an escrow account until the fight takes place on August 6th at Madison Square Garden. The first press conference for the fight is due to happen tomorrow, so it's a safe bet that we might have an update on the fight and the million dollar bet before the end of the week. And that is your Fast Fun Hitter Sport for today. I'm Liam Flanagan. Catch you tomorrow on The Scorecard. Listener.